Hello everyone and welcome to another BHIA podcast episode. I'm Brie Marinia, Senior Workplace Relations Consultant, and I'm here with Maddie Batchelor, Workplace Relations Consultant. Hi Maddie. Hi Brie. Hi everyone. So as usual, um, we'll start with a podcast clue. Um, so we'll start with hint 1A, which what? is 1A, the first part of hint 1. Okay. Um, maybe if you describe what you can see for those listening so, at home. Uh, so it looks like four logos. Um, first one is some people um, yeah. all joined by their heads. The second looks like an orange arrow. Third one is a purple H. And the fourth one is a bunch of green vertical lines yeah um i do recognize the first one um i know that's aware supers logo very good um, so if that's aware supers logo i'm guessing the rest are other superannuation fund logos mm-hmm. but i don't know uh, actually the fourth one i think is cbus but i don't know the other two yes <laughs> yeah no you're spot on so that's super yeah and then we'll move on to hint 1B. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's a a female, what looks like a plumber, probably because she's working um, next to a sink and mm-hmm. she's holding a baby and they're both holding wrenches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, there's a man sitting on the ground with a toolbox next to what looks like some outlets and he's also holding a baby um so i've got two tradies with babies yeah and they're young babies <laughs> they are <laughs> maybe they uh, these two have just started parental leave mm-hmm. perfect so good so, okay so putting those clues together i think we'll be talking about superannuation on parental leave yes that's the first that's part. the first one <laughs> yeah and then we've got hint two. We've got um, a couple of trades people on a beach enjoying <laughs> a beverage. And then yeah. the other photo, we've got a bigger group, again, on a beach, relaxing, taking it easy. Yeah, they've all got their high vis and their hard hats on, so they're keeping very mm-hmm. safe. Yes. Um, it's like hot weather. It could be like inclement. Oh. I was going to say inclement weather, but there's actually Maybe no weather. <laughs> I'm in, in the agreement. Usually to take holidays and to go to a beach. Ah, you would need <laughs> to take annual leave. Annual leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. So the additional week of annual leave. Okay. So today mm-hmm. I assume we're going to be focusing on um, what are going to be the first kind of, well, after the early implementation um, items, the second tranche of priority implementation items within the maintenance agreement would be um, superannuation on unpaid parental leave and then increases to employees' annual leave entitlements. So um, firstly, let's talk about the new Clause 25, which is a superannuation clause. Um, there have been some noteworthy changes in this clause that aren't um, unfamiliar to the sector. Uh, but it does include a complete redraft to make sure that it aligns with federal superannuation legislation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the default superannuation fund has been updated from HESTA to Aware Super. CBUS and Australian Super have also been added to the list of funds. 
these changes reflect common superannuation fund choices among employees. And the rationale behind these changes is quite clear. They reflect the employee's freedom to choose from commonly preferred super funds. And the clause also considers um, the potential for stapled superannuation funds under legislation. And it also includes an important clarification at subclause 25.8, uh, which is in relation to voluntary super contributions. So um, this is a claim from the unions just to make sure um, this particular entitlement is clear. Um, it's that voluntary super contributions made by employees should be in addition to the minimum super guarantee required to be paid by employers. Um, so this was a crucial point to avoid any disputes and ensure transparency of entitlements. Now, the most notable change is that starting from the first full pay period on or after the 22nd of August 2023, which is the date the Heads of Agreement was signed, superannuation will continue to be paid through all absences of parental leave, whether paid or unpaid. This brings commonality across public health sector agreements and ensures consistency across the sector. Absolutely. So what's crucial here um, is what we've put in the implementation guide as a suggested responsibility and action. Um, so HR and payroll should be on top of this particular change. Um, it involves reviewing their superannuation policy and processes to make sure that it aligns with the changes, but also to identify um, any employees that were on unpaid parental leave um, as at the 22nd of August 2023. Um, and back pay superannuation contributions to that date. Now, moving on to clause 49, annual leave, let's do a quick overview of the clause broadly, and then we'll move to the changes. According to 49.1, how much annual leave are employees entitled to? So from the commencement of the agreement, any non-casual employees will be entitled to five weeks of annual leave for each year of service. So that's um, an additional week um, under this agreement and part-time employees will receive a pro-rider entitlement. And I see that annual leave accrues progressively and accumulates from year to year. This brings us to the definition of shift workers under clause 49.2. Could you explain that brief? Certainly. So according to 49.2, a shift worker, depending on the industry, um, is somebody who works weekends, holidays, or is engaged in continuous work. And shift workers under this agreement are entitled to an additional week of annual leave under subclause 49.3. So please ensure you check the shift worker definitions at clause 49.2 for clarity because they do differ depending on whether they're a plumbing industry employee, a metal industry employee, or a joinery and building trades employee. Yeah. So no duplicate entitlements under the national employment standards, but a valuable benefit for shift workers. Moving on to subclause 49.4, what is the process of taking annual leave? So paid annual leave can be taken for an agreed period and employers shouldn't unreasonably refuse a request for leave. Uh, plus, if public holiday falls during the leave, it doesn't count um, towards that annual leave. Now let's talk about Christmas and New Year period. Um, under subclause 49.5, what options do employees have if the employer closes operations? So under the new maintenance agreement, um, there's a common term. So this actually differed um, depending on the employees. So employees will get the option to use annual leave, time in lieu, um, or rostered days off 
um, that they've accumulated but not taken um, during any Christmas or New Year closure and the employer must provide at least two months notice of the date of that closure. Uh, now, subclause 49.6 discusses taking annual leave in advance. How does that work? So annual leave can be taken in advance by a mutual agreement, but it's important to note that a new period of leave won't start accruing until after 12 months or a lesser period um, aligned with the national employment standards. Yeah. And what if the employee leaves before completing the year for which leave was taken in advance? That's a good question. So if employment ends before completing the year and the sum paid for um, the annual leave exceeds what's required, then the employer can deduct the excess from the employee's final termination pay. Got it. So now subclause 49.7 talks about annual leave and rostered days off for specific industries. How does that work? So specifically for plumbing and the building trades employees, if a rostered day off falls during annual leave, then they'll receive an additional payment for that day. Great clarification. Uh, now moving on to payments under subclause 49.8, how is an employee compensated during annual leave? So generally employees are paid at their current rate of pay and they receive wages that would ordinarily accrue during the leave period. Um, specifically for plumbing industry employees, this includes the payment of the leading hand allowance, if that applies to that employee. Um, for metal industry employees, for the purpose of annual leave payment and termination, uh, wages are at the rate prescribed by Clause 17 if they're an apprentice. Um, clause 36, which is the higher duties mixed functions clause, um, and any over agreement payments. So that's an important one to note. Yeah, perfect. And subclause 49.9 introduces annual leave loading. Each industry employee has slightly different entitlements. Let's start by breaking down the annual leave loading for plumbing industries employees, shall we? Certainly. So according to clause 49.9a, plumbing industry employees are entitled to a loading of 17.5%. And this loading is calculated on rates, loadings and allowances that are outlined in Appendix 2 of the agreement. That's a straightforward calculation for the plumbing sector. Now moving on to the metal industry employees, the clause seems a bit more intricate. What can you tell us about that, Bree? Yeah, you're right, Maddie. So for metal industry employees, it's a little bit more complex. So um, as per clause 49.9b, the loading is also 17.5%. However, there's some nuances that are outlined in subclauses uh, two and three that we'll need to consider. All right, let's unpack those nuances. So subclause two talks about shift loading during the relevant period. What's the significance of this? So subclause two is interesting. Um, if an employee would have received shift loadings according to clause 42, but uh, they didn't because they're on leave. And if those shift loadings would have amounted to more than the 17.5% loading, then those shift loadings are added to the wage prescribed by Appendix 2. So it's about ensuring fairness and maintaining the employee's entitlement. And what about subclause 3? It seems to address a different scenario. Exactly. So subclause three comes into play if these shift loadings would have entitled the employee to less than the 17.5% loading. Um, in that case, employees will receive the full 17.5%, um, which is added to their wage prescribed by Appendix 2. 
um, making sure the employee receives higher of the two amounts. Got it. Now let's shift our focus to joinery and building trades products industry employees outlined in subclause 49.4c. What's unique about their annual leave loading? Uh, so joinery and building trades products industry employees receive a loading of 17.5% as well. Um, this is calculated based on the rates, loadings and allowances specified in Appendix 2 of the agreement, along with the leading hand rates as per Clause 30 if applicable. Finally, let's touch on termination. What happens to accrued but untaken leave when employment ends? So under 49.10, the employer must pay the employee the amount equivalent to the untaken leave and also any annual leave loading that applies. Amazing. So as you can see, the annual leave clause has seen a lot of comprehensive changes to ensure it's modern and national employment standard compliant. The main change relates to the accrual of annual leave. Redundant provisions around continuity of service have been removed to ensure the entitlement aligns with the national employment standards and progressive accrual. But it doesn't stop there. Um, an additional week of annual leave has been introduced, increasing the entitlement to five weeks, which is 190 hours, and six weeks, which is 228 hours for shift workers. Um, this is a significant boost to employee benefits um, and also brings them in line with the other uh, public health sector agreements. Um, the clause also introduces additional criteria for plumbing industry employees to access an extra week of annual leave. So if they're engaged to work in a system of consecutive shifts throughout at least six consecutive days without interruption, they will now be eligible for an additional week of annual leave. Um, we're not aware of this um, shift pattern or rostering pattern occurring in hospitals, um, but from a boot um, test um, point of view, we had to include that to ensure the agreement was compliant. Yeah, and the rationale behind these changes is crystal clear. There was a need for a legislative update for National Employment Standard compliance. The update is all about increasing the employee entitlements and ensures the agreement passes the better off overall test, as Bree just mentioned. Yeah, that's right. So um, for HR and payroll, um, we've suggested an action that's pretty straightforward. Um, you need to increase the employee's annual leave accrual as per the new entitlements um, and amend policies and processes to ensure compliance. So that wraps up our discussion on these two crucial clauses. Remember, staying informed and implementing these changes effectively is key to a harmonious implementation process. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, thank you for joining us on this episode, Maddie. Um, stay tuned for more implementation material in the coming weeks. And until next time, take care. Thanks, Bray. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Maddie. Bye. Each I